0: Welcome to the uh, new episode of Supply Cast. Today we're doing another panel discussion. Today it's going to be on the document, Integrating Care, The Next Steps to Building Strong and Effective Integrated Care Systems Across England. Another uh, classically catchy title for a uh, government <laughs> for a government um, uh, document, paper, whatever you want to call it. Um, I am joined today again by Richard Whiteside, Dan Tag. Clara Pennell, and Keith Rowley. Uh, last time we came up a name, we ca- came up with a name for the group now of the procurement professionals, didn't we? And i, for- really? I-, I forgot i forgotten what it was. Yeah, I'm sure Richard someone... came up with it. But was it? It was. It was quite. It was quite clever. A collaborative, wow. I believe, he said. Was,
1: yeah,
0: a I collaborative of procurement professionals, which I think I think yeah, liked <laughs> a lot. Thank you. For joining us again in this little think tank we've created. Um, Everyone's got their badges on, which is great. Just
2: my camera. Which which you'll be
0: able to see on the video version of this. Um, I suppose then to start off, it's the same question we started off when we were discussing the Green Paper is how much of a necessity, first of all, was there for this um, document to come out? Would you say? Who would like to kick us off? I'll go. Clara. Or right. um, what what are we calling you this week? Clara? Craig. Craig.
2: <laughs> I'll score later. Craig. Um,
0: <laughs> go ahead, Clara.
2: <laughs> so my view, and this is personally my view because of how we work, and we are quite collaboratively we work collaboratively. I didn't see it as a necessity to come out because I think we're all working in an ICS in some form and fashion. It might, it might have needed a bit of a reminder of the benefits of an ICS, and if it's in, if the public are reading that, then great, fantastic. But I think the majority of our, our NHS employees reading this, um, and I don't quite. It, it's not for me. It's telling us already what we know. There isn't any additional guide with some additional guidance but I yeah. I think I haven't got much more to say and I usually have quite a lot to say.
3: Clara, can I jump in on the back of that if that's okay. Oh no, thanks, I sorry. That done, but oh, okay, oh, well, thanks.
2: <laughs>
0: I thought, yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah, the end yeah. of the story there. It's just no, I, cool. I, I, what, I was going
2: to trying to add some more. No, it's, still, no,
0: it's fine. Actually, go on, Dan. Clara's dropped her bombshell early. Dan? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, better, I better play clear up.
3: No, yeah. no honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I like the way they're trying to say this is going to be done as a system by default. That approach really tickled me that it's not a system by default. We already are doing all of this work you know, uh, aligned capabilities, category-led, looking outwards, all of these buzzwords they've thrown into the document, we're already doing that. So yeah. what more, all they're doing is emphasising the great things we're already doing and approaching, and they want to actually build upon that and build upon the, the hard work we've already done from a procurement system-led approach. And I understand how they want to link it all in together, but some of the some of the benefits I found quite comical when I was reading them, uh, optimised workforce, Um, we're already doing that, improved capability, well do we not put everyone on training and development and improve the capabilities of the team, great careers, I think we all would say we're all in a a great career culture with everyone we're already working with and trying to improve the careers of our staff and the last one is this empowered culture, that one, yes, uh, how would that even fit, what is an empowered culture, that one really tickled me a lot.
2: Yeah, on the empowered culture i think this is where it's given a more autonomy into ics-led decisions particularly in procurement and funding that's how i read it but i mean we, we already i mean this isn't unknown to us but no. i think this paper's beneficial to the public if i'm honest not to individuals such as ourselves yeah but I- i'm not knocking it i'm just saying i don't and
3: did you all find that the, the what I found was the immediate actions and it is expected these actions will happen within the next site from the first of April? Yeah. I found that the wording of that was quite leading to say you must do it rather than is expected. Um <laughs> especially with you must have a procurement leader in for a whole ICS from the first of April or working towards and again with all the other elements around an MOU key data sets. You have your own procurement forums, all of those parts as well, which most of us are already doing.
2: Which they, are, I think, do. You, I, I'm going to ask this one sentence, and I'm going to let everyone else speak. Sorry. I think they need to be clearer on how they're going to support some procurement where you're working as an ICS system. How far? What model are we taking? So I've been to my guys across Bob today, and it's: uh, Are we taking a full ICS system procurement system, and it becomes a shared service? No. Are we t- picking? In, are we picking? Certain projects and categories and working towards one shared system of like, you know, um, stock man- inventory management, um, procurement team, that's, 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 that's actually a big piece of work for those who aren't in that space and most of us aren't. So it, it's, it's quite really in terms of direction of travel, what, how much you want us to integrate in terms of personnel and, um,
0: and system, not the ISA system, but actual application systems. Uh, Richard, Keith, did you want to add the, anything to the opening salvo there?
1: Yeah, quite happy. Um, <clears throat> echoing some of the bits there that the guys have said around the sort of the ambitious dates that are laid down that in the next four weeks, there'll be various um, tasks to get connected uh, underway. And then within three months, we'll be getting informed. And um, in 12 months' time, we should have it all done and dusted. So um, I, th- I think that that's quite ambitious. Mm. Um, a bit of a spanner in the works from, from my perspective is the white NHS white paper that um, Secretary of State announced a few weeks back, where he was redrawing the ICS boundaries. Because uh, it, it says in the white paper that Um, ICS boundaries are likely to be coterminous with county boundaries. So in Essex at the moment, we have three separate ICSs. We have one that covers Mid and South Essex, we have one that covers North Essex and Suffolk, and we have one that's West Essex and Hertfordshire. So we're going to have to um, redraw those ICS boundaries if we're going to adopt the ambition of the NHS white paper which I suspect will trump will trump this ICS plan. So so it, it might be a little bit um, ambitious to get these things done now when the ICS boundaries are going to change. Um, so th- so that's one that's one thing just to throw a spanner in the works. I think also what Clara said there about um, collaborating on certain categories certainly makes sense. Um, trying to go to one procurement leader across the ICS and a, like a shared service, I think, is a real challenge, um, particularly when you're trying to merge into that community and mental health trusts. Um, having worked in basically all sectors, the requirements we have in the mental health trust are so different to anything you'd see in the acute. If we pull together our SIP plan and our work plan, there would be very few um projects on there that would touch all of those, um, all of those types. So, so it is a challenge. I can see some benefits from it. I think there's some good stuff in there, but let's hear Keith's view, because Mm -hmm. I I, I think, I think again, some of it also is a little bit like the um, plans when the collaborative procurement hubs were first set up, looking at having joint work plans, um, developing people category led, so we've you know we we, we we had the collaborative procurement hubs um which were they tended to be multi-regional multi-county this is now looking more like at a county level so yeah would be interested in keith's view from a collaboratives point of view
4: yeah I, thanks richard nice segue in um from a collaborative point of view i think it presents some really interesting documentaries i wasn't i wasn't here right at that start when um kind of the old, S- I came just at the end of the SHA model, just, and collaboratives had existed for sort of three or four years before. And I look at the journey of what that original intent was to where we are as organizations now. And we ended up being kind of, we've ended up going in a different direction to that original intent, didn't we? I think if you look at East of England, and and LPP, we all ended up in a different place, to some degree in, in pre-supply chain, competing with that model um, and in others, not really working to quite that model. I think we're trying to do that now because it's the right thing to do as NHS organisations. I'm not sure that's quite always the case with some of, all of us as collaboratives if I, if I represent that group, um, but it is an interesting dilemma. Where I started back with, so I agree with the comments you've, you've all said. I would take it back a bit and play a bit of devil's advocacy for it though, because I think where I went with this was if you take the Peton guidance that was issued out for procurement, It starts with the ICS guidance that was issued for ICS's. And and for me, there's obviously a political driver in that, isn't there? You you talked about it in redrawing boundaries a little bit. There's there's redrawing of that, isn't there, Richard? In your area, I can see it in Yorkshire, actually, the debate about where Hamilton district, which is actually my local one fits in. Does it fit into Wyatt, which is actually where it's aligned to as a trust? Or does it fit into North Yorkshire where it's aligned as a county? So so there's some problems to solving that. But, But fundamentally, that ICS driver of funding NHS England and NHSEI funding an ICS, and the the funding is then distributed within the ICS. I think it starts with that, and and the peaton bit seems to be a process of taking all the good work we've been doing uh, over time and learning from that, and trying to trying to link that to the P- the ICS agenda and saying, and here's a journey you can go on, so we can evidence we're already on this journey already. Mm-hmm. Where where this leads to, I think, is is the more challenging bit because the policy direction seems to be. I'm not I'm not sure some people actually. No, I'm not sure to be fair to all people in NHSEI and, and others. I'm not sure they all agree. But if you take the political policy direction, there's a drive for efficiency, shared service, in a more ICS-based capacity. I, I'm not wholly convinced shared service is right for everything, and. I think I think that's you, you touched on a point there if, if we go ICS on shared procurement for all categories we're all going to end up focusing on the big acute spend areas because that's where the most money is spent and we can all end up talking about clinical categories and I'm not to demean that but equally the spend we do on services in mental health and community are just as important The the spend we make on non-clinical areas are just as important and I the, if you do it and and have it finance led I think that's where we're going to meet some real challenges and frustrations. When I look at the PTOM guidance itself, which was the bit Daniel was was sort of alluding to, yeah, I think there's some strange clunky bits in it, but it's trying to give us a, a set of tools to do it without mandating we have to it's trying to find some flexibility which i, I find encouraging from a national provider because normally it's you will do this and you'll all be in shared services by by the right. end of next year and we don't care whether it works or not and, and it ignores all that practicality i think they're trying to do it it unfortunately doing that it, it's hard isn't it because you can't make it fit everybody and neat it, it's never going to appeal to everyone is it but i think we're on an interesting journey and i think when i think about coming back to your point richard about the role of collaboratives i think we're going to have an interest in journey in the future which is bridging that <coughs> where's national categories going and how do we bridge that to regional and local because because the new local is going to be an ICS it's not going to be individual trusts is it if the funding regime drives the pound and, and in my experience in the NHS everything gets driven by the pound doesn't it
0: we lost Craig um, so <laughs> no, okay. Craig's um, got off on a call um, Keith um I was going to say. Then, did you? Everyone else seemed to feel that, that there wasn't, so there was a need for this document. Would you? Would you differ with that? Or Richard? I suppose
4: Richard it's, and Keith, would you both? It's differ not that I differ that? with the need for the document. <laughs> I, I think the need. If if you take it back to its root cause, did we need the legislative <laughs> change they're going to drive at an ICS level? I'm not sure we did, in the way that they're doing it in that way from a finance perspective. I think people. There were some legislative changes required for, to to make us more encouraged to work together in collegiate entities. And I think there were some barriers and silos that that are practically needed. So in that sense, yes. My challenge with that, though, is I really feel a lot of the ICS agenda is politically led and therefore I don't agree there's a need for (laughs) it. Because when politics gets involved in health service, it creates some, Mm -hmm. some strange things. And I think politics is going to have more of a role over the NHS and we've already seen that. So, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a great thing from where I sit. But Keith, I do think some of the PTOM guidance on procurement could be quite useful if applied in the right way, and I think it's trying to be flexible. If I'm uh, defensive, a little bit.
3: Keith, what I was going to say is that it's it's not a one size fits all at this moment in time for everyone mm. because we're all at different, we're all at a a different point of the journey to for the ICS. But also there, there's a lot of trust which is smaller, larger, so everyone's going to come up with this at a different angle, not, and it's not yeah. going to be able to be delivered but it's also the wider impact about what they see the the whole integrated care system model as being when you and they think about how it's going to link into social care into the councils and those other parts which we haven't touched on yet which they which you can see they want to bring in in the future as well so it's how you then align one structure uh, and sort of sandwich it in with okay what are the councils doing in your local area how is this going to impact or do, does it actually bring in the fire service and the police at the same time? There's many levels to these layers, which all add into the whole agenda of this whole integrated care system.
2: What's well, well, yeah, the point of the ICS, isn't it, and yeah. pathways? And if we can champion that from at some level from our side, great. By the way, can I just apologise? That was the vaccine centre on the phone. I had to get it.
3: Yeah, lovely. But you have to get the vaccine, your... or you do had to answer the phone.
4: <laughs> I think there's <laughs> a real nuance in this. I think I think the PTOM guidance is a piece of work they've been working on for a long time, isn't it? And and they've linked that to ICSS. It's actually a lot of the replication of the good practice that goes on in trust, which is why we're kind of all looking at it, going. It's not really telling me anything I know. You've, Most of you are already working in some sort of acute setting at a trust level. Um, yeah. You've already got some sort of nominated head of procurement to lead that in, is, as a group. Therefore, you've already ticked that box. You've got probably some sort of terms of reference that represents it. Most of those things are ticked because largely it's a replication of the good things we've been doing. And it's tried to come at it from that perspective, which hopefully is a positive. It just means we look at it and go, it isn't really telling me anything new to some degree. Um, I think I think the flip challenge is where the political agenda is going to drive us and what that's really going to mean for us. And you know, if funding becomes ICSs, uh a mental health and community trust is going to get a bit marginalised because everyone's talking about a shared service in back office procurement, HR, or whatever it is. And and actually, what what, what behaviours is that going to drive when it really comes to the to the ground when that legislation comes in? Hopefully, this kind of legis- approach through Peter might might help us fund what we know are the smarter solutions to that because acute won't, won't go, I know how to deliver mental health and mental health won't go, I know how to, to solve the, the acute side of things. But it is, and therefore in those senses, it is about collaborating, isn't it? Yes, yeah.
3: But you can, have, you can have specialist categories as well. So you could have a specialist mental health category, which then if there's anything that does fall out around common products and services, you could link in with the, with the acutes, but then it has its own remit and focus. Um, do, you,
4: do you think this is a, je- a drive towards more nationalisation of some of the control on what we're allowed to do and how we're allowed to do it? Do you think that's that's in the in the brain? Because we're already okay, being sort of is... mandated to use supply chain aren't we? Is this another another route to that in the longer term?
2: We can I, think it, it. I assume it is but <laughs> I think <laughs> I could, please
0: Keith uh... <laughs> <bringing> hand grenades. <laughs>
4: and i don't know the answer i honestly don't i'm not sure some of the people we talked to around the piton program they've got that intent in their mind but you know there's it other influences. In it
2: business. can look that way if, can't it definitely...
3: I, was, I was sorry Clara, i was going to say that if you look at all the different piton work streams and how they're all going to come together in the future you can see there's there's an under undercurrent of we all want you to become some sort of Semi-autonomous, semi-autonomous bodies within each of your own areas but with national oversight and control um, so if you look at it where they keep mentioning all the GCF government commercial functions those that know what GCF is for the rest of the yep. podcast they are <laughs> trying to align us all to use that those methods and that that's the roadmap which they've got in the back of the head you can see it within some of the documents the other PETON documents as well that is the sort of push
2: but then that contradicts what they're trying to do in terms of the procurement skill development and career pathways, because no one's going to want to join a procurement function in NHS if they've got a lot of the power and the autonomy stripped away from national, because that's not a true procurement function in my eyes. Yeah. But
3: is that is that perspective of where if you read all the different documents, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen all the different work stream documents, then you read them all. They're all... They all say different. They all say minutely different things.
1: I think the thing is, though, talking about um, procurement development and people development. If you've got a fairly standardised structure in all of the trusts or all of the ICSs, which is where this is kind of heading, I think it makes it easier for staff to move through the career ladder than it does at the moment because everybody's got these weird and wonderful different structures. Um, different titles mean different things in different organisations. At least yeah. if you had a real sort of blueprint for an ICS procurement department, it would all be, it would be much easier to plot your way through um, how you get up the ladder. Um, and I think that, and I, and I think there would probably be more opportunities for, for staff to develop as well. It's just a, the feeling that I
2: get. I, I, I don't, It's definitely I, happening. There is a people yeah. work stream and yeah. they are aligning yeah. it all. Yeah, and I, I agree there needs to be a standardised form in that, in terms of career development and um, you know, personal, professional development. But I also, if everyone starts doing the same thing and we all end up with the same set of skills, the same qualifications, then we've got, for want of a better word... We've got a team of robots we need different people with different skill sets coming from different backgrounds and then you can lead on to go you can go on to different um fields within not just procurement but you know obviously commercial commercial i think covers some of us but ops or finance or if you want to become senior leaders or exec and i just i think there needs to be some diversity within that too and it, I, I mean the guys that i work with on some of those pr- working party project groups. I think they understand that, but we need to, I think if we talk more openly about it, we won't go into that, in my view anyway, that kind of space of almost draconian, this is what we're gonna do, this is what you're gonna learn, and that's how you're gonna progress your career with no flexibility whatsoever.
3: You are right, Clara. you need those transferable skill sets and where you can pull them out of where we are now and move them into another function with some minimal training or upskilling.
4: Yeah.
3: I think that'd be beneficial.
4: I posed, I posed kind of somewhat of a controversial question, but and it's not necessarily how I think, because actually, Clara, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think it's there are there are some things that it makes sense for us to do nationally, doesn't it? We need we need you know a, a more centralized learning roadmap. Um, you know, there's some anxieties as Daniel's talked about in terms of linking that too much to GCF and just, what does that actually mean? But if you take it practically, it is about giving us a learning journey roadmap that we can all go that allows staff to move. And I think some of those things are good. You know, as a hub trying to work collaboratively with different organizations, some of the system agenda, re- systems agenda around driving standardization systems. I know they've, they've talked about trying to advocate ATOMIS in in, in the PITON plan as well as, you know, no one's procurement system's perfect, or going to fit everybody, but we do need to try and move on some standardization journeys mm-hmm. associated to those because data across this NHS system is, is really, really tricksy and difficult and everybody doesn't have that maturity because people don't, some, some, office or some uh, financial controllers don't always place the same value on it that we try to convince them to and I know we've got a role to play in that. I think I think there are some things that do need a bit more central category direction on don't they you know look, we do it in workforce where there's more encouragement and strength to the arm to make sure expenditure is compliantly managed don't we through yeah. through the guidance issued by an HSI and I think that gives us more arm to make sure it's properly procured, properly audited, properly supplier relationship managed etc so I think there are some things that are good and I, I feel the PTOM journey is trying to go on that. It's, it's that conflict though with the political interference in the ICS agenda that then drives the finances that adds, adds, a for me adds a complexity into that that sometimes makes us it harder for us to actually do what's right for each ICS area. I mean yeah and, and if, if, if what comes down in legislation is well NHSEI are going to distribute it and we want, we want finance people Within lead from acute lead which is what I believe the guidance said to deliver the finenesses out to that ICS you're going to get some strange behaviors within the construct of what that ICS is because it's more than just the acute sector isn't it, it is mental health but technically yeah. an ICS should also include health and social care and councils and all the rest of it so exactly. and we're miles away from that I mean we're yeah. miles away from acutes being really collegiate or mental health being really collegiate because we're so different in our individual organizations aren't we yeah. <clears throat> so, how are we going to suddenly, in a year's time, be in an ICS model, <laughs> working with <laughs> nicely with our council colleagues and and their expenditure is quite different to ours. To be fair to them yeah. as well. So,
0: what yeah. did you think about yeah, the
2: timing?
0: What did you think about the timing of this document? If I might pose a possibly loaded question, are
2: you talking about you the know? news, Bruce?
0: Well, I'm just I'm just wondering whether you know you you said that like, the initial question was um, why you know was we need for this, this document and it was kind of up uh, the panel the good the good people of the panel were were somewhat split on that. So then the next question is about the timing of it. Why do you think this document has been released now? kind of it's not a hand grenade but it's maybe maybe I'm pointing in a direction where there is a hand grenade without actually throwing it in and inviting someone else to do so do you think there was anything in the timing of it or do you did you just think that um you know Hmm. it was just oh you know well why do we think why do you think we had this document it's a slightly different question to did did you did you feel we need it why do you think we're getting this document now Or, or There's no particular reason for why we're getting it now. So if
4: I start with that, I think think the ICS paper from ministers, I think there's a political agenda for a time frame I don't really understand, but I think they want to influence more political control. And I think there's a driver for the Conservative government to do that. And I think that's what's driven the timing of that particular Mm -hmm. side of it. Can it all be delivered in 12 months? Well, the political changes can possibly, but it's going to be a long journey before we've actually got that operating properly because it's a big machine you're talking about across the NHS, isn't it? It, It's a lot of people. It's a lot of finance. It doesn't move that quickly. Um, the, The PTOM stuff, I think I feel there was a need, and I do feel there was a need for the timing of this, one to link to that agenda and show actually there was some stuff that had come from all the PTOM work that's been going on for the last 18 months. I think that timing presented a window of an opportunity, and a pressing need to show us there was progress on that. Um, and the other bit of it is I think there was a bit of time starting to be put to thinking about this post-COVID, um, although we're not out mm-hmm. of it. I think people mm-hmm. were starting to turn their minds to this in the hope that we would be out of it, and therefore they were starting to think about <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Where, where at a national level, the pressure on COVID wasn't as much. We, we don't see that at the local level, do we? But I think at the national level, there's a bit more headroom, potentially, because there's not that political... Spotlight so much on you haven't got enough PPE, Boris. What are you doing about it? Mm-hmm.
2: I think do you know. Can I?
4: It's Yeah,
2: I was going to say So, if you reading on some of the comments on Twitter or my own social group um, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, people have. Um, commented on the release of that green paper and, and not, not so much it's particularly on the green paper. They thought, why is this happening now? Are they trying to cover up the lot of the bad press on PPE and the management of that? And why are we doing this change now when we're still in the middle of a pandemic? They're the two common themes I'm seeing. Do I agree with both of them? Not necessarily, not, not necessarily, but I think the timing doesn't look great because it does look like that they haven't really tackled the lack of P- <clears throat> lack of PPE or the PPE struggle supply chain that we saw the very first wave. Um, yeah, uh, it can look, it, I always think about what the patient and the public are going to perceive these papers that, and how it's going to be interpreted. And that's from, and that's what I've seen from my side. And that's completely, mainstream. they're not in the NHS. They're kind of mm-hmm. looking going, well, what's that? Why have they done that now? And I understand we have keeping this because we've come out with a pandemic. I think, it's, I think it was good timing personally. And it shows that there is always time to reform and why not now, you mm-hmm. know, to do it now rather than wait, given that we've just gone through such a heavy change. But there is, there is also on the flip side of that, we're tired as a, as a cohort professionals, we're really tired. And we need a bit of time to decompress, build ourselves back up again, and we've just now got another load of work we need to do that isn't necessarily always well, going to. Sort of in
0: That's a good um. point. That's a good point, isn't it? Um, what, what is the, um, you know, what is the, the desire or the, um, you know, the drive to start getting involved with these kinds of things at this at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I suppose, because you need because the... Um...
4: The energy for it, Bruce, is really tough, isn't it? it yeah, and Clara you need said, the wheel, but you need
0: the energy, don't you? you need and the energy, the, wheel, but yeah.
4: the energy is going to be really tough, isn't it? Yeah. Because it is yeah. really hard. People, people, And people people at local level are still very much in. You know, Clara's just had to take a call on the vaccine centre. It's still very, very real on the ground, isn't it? It's mm. PPE hasn't gone away vaccines haven't gone away and they won't go away for another number of months so we're still right in the middle of the day-to-day and, yeah. and 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 it's still hard work and tiring so suddenly going right now I'm going to think about strategic ICSs in the future and the grand plan I think that's odd which is why I do come back to this this peton plan it's quite used in some senses it's quite useful because it's trying to give us some ticks in the boxes that are quite easy to achieve that we've kind of some to some degree already achieved and therefore we can we can demonstrate to our illustrious masters that we're sort of on the journey but we've all if if we're to really take it seriously we've got to turn our mind to a, a longer term future so and that that as Clara said we haven't got the energy for at the minute.
1: Yeah. I didn't see anything um devious about the release time of the paper really and mm-hmm. um, I think if it hadn't have been for Covid we probably would have seen this paper a year ago because mm-hmm. PTOM, they've been working on it for quite a while. So if anything, it's it's just come out probably six to nine months later than planned. Um, So, yeah, I just, I I think they just felt that they needed to get on with stuff to try. You know, some ICSs have become quite developed in terms of their procurement um, uh, sort of procedures and structures and uh, progress. And I think there's, there's not been a lot in some other ICSs. So I think this paper... Has kind of tried to get everybody on this, at least on the same journey, um, so that we do get some consistency across ICSs, because at the moment I don't think that that exists. So
2: that's no, all.
1: Yeah. Look, poor old Danny must have something to say. He's never <laughs> <Yeah>. done <satisfied. laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think, I, 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 think have a lot,
3: I have a lot to say on this. I
0: thought thing. it was on <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> I think Dan knows that it's getting to the point where I'm going to ask for scores, so maybe, maybe he was thinking about no, it. No, I, I,
3: I I'd like to just <laughs> echo sort of uh, what, what everyone else has said here, that its release is really open to individuals' interpretations. Yes, it should be released a long time ago. We knew it was coming, sadly, because of all of the effects of COVID, it got delayed. And you know, we also got to think about, yes, we were had Brexit going on in the background at the same time, in the middle of COVID. That has affected why we have now got the Green Paper, because we're outside of the EU block, we'll be on our own. So we do need our own rules and regulations, which impact on delivery of procurement, uh, not for just our area of NHS, but for all government functions and areas. So all of these things combined, the the time is never going to be great. There was never a great time to do it. So it's open to perception. And yes, totally echo about having the energy to actually get on and do this, And the willingness to do it at the same time. And there's a bit of that capacity. We're already doing lots of great work between us. There's so much great work we're doing, which is covered in so much of these areas. Um, We just need to pull it all together and deliver it and follow some sort of roadmap, which is laid out. I don't think everyone's going to be able to make the timings they're suggesting, not by a long shot. And there will be others that will, and there's others that would probably, I've already delivered this. But there'll be a lot that we are going to fall way way behind on because our priorities are just not here on this at this moment in time
0: uh, because I it's um, yeah I was, I was gonna I don't know if this is', uh, is gonna probably been the lines of what you're going to say there Clara but um, <laughs> I was gonna say it's interesting that you're talking about the the, the energy you know they're there to do it. you know just you know the spirits willing you know but the flesh is weak sort of thing. I, as another part of the NHS, I, I was actually having a conversation with someone from a Surgeons' Union the other day, and they were saying, you know, about the pickup of the of planned surgery coming back after the c- cancellation of a lot of it and the backlog and all that. Um, and again, it was on on their side of 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 the uh, of, of the fence. A lot of it was about, you know, just simply finding the energy to. Mm-hmm to play catch-up with all the, these things. Um, in terms of you guys, I mean, if there is that sort of thing about we're a little bit kind of in need of, you know, uh, just a little bit of recharging before going into the kind of things we're talking about today, I mean, what is, the, what, what is the answer to that? Is there an answer to that? Or is there no answer to that? Is it just kind of, well, we just have to go back to the well again? Or...
2: Well, the facetious answer Bruce. <laughs>
0: Go on. Well, we'd expect nothing else. Big <laughs> deal. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to have to get on with it, aren't we? I think it, as leaders, as heads of procurement, we need to make sure that yeah, our team have that chance to you know, take their holiday and they actually do rest. We don't work on our holidays because we all mm. know we're all terrible for it. And I'll I put my hands up, I'm probably the worst for it. Um, and I think we need to allow time just to think about things properly, not rush, because we could probably, as people who work in healthcare, we're really good in pandemics or when we need to fix something in an emergency. And we're probably going to continue in that train of thought. The problem is we're going to burn out. So we might go another year, going, right, okay, now we've got work the ICS collaboration, we're picking up BAU, we've got some great strategic projects, programmes of work going on. And in a year's time or 18 months' time, there is real risk of burnout. And I think we need we need to make sure we've got the right sort of checks and measures in place to look after our teams and look after our people. Because and look, know, no, hey? yeah. and look after ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think looking at my my foot, well I've done too much, but <laughs> it it's, it's it's really real, and it is and I think that will become a problem. And not to mention that some of the some of the people have been some of the teams and those guys in NHS have been in lockdown, been in hospital, but they've gone home on their own. I think we're going to see the knock-on effect of pandemic really hitting the NHS, and that's going to be maybe the similar level of front door activity or ITU activity, but for other reasons.
0: I should just perhaps add at this point that that you you've uh, you, you've had a health problem with your foot, Clara. Otherwise, I don't
4: in,
0: isolation. Want to <laughs> in isolation, you brought it out there. It was like, I said, I, 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 I,
2: it, "It's just plantar fasciitis. It's not. It's
0: not going to get." What did Clara say about her foot?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I suppose you're, you, you know. It's a. Uh, it's a separate. It's a separate um, discussion, isn't it? About yeah. um, energy and and you know and. You know going back to the well and and finding time to recharge you know physically and mentally i think is a is a pod all in it all in its own and maybe that's something we'll do it do it at some point um just before we finish off the discussion first of all does anybody have any final comments on, on this particular document
4: yeah i do um yeah i i think i think what NHS, yeah, and actually, I'm Priya and the PTOM team are trying to do is a good thing. If I, if, if I, if I really boil it down, I think the journey they're trying to take on is is a better one. I think I've, I've been in the NHS just over 10 years and, and others have been in here a lot longer. But at least they're trying to engage with the local teams and work out what's the right way of doing things and trying to reflect that back. And unfortunately, that means it takes longer and therefore we get a bit frustrated. It takes time to get the output. I appreciate that. But I, I do think I'm quite supportive of the general journey they're trying to take us on. There are things we do need to move towards. We we yeah. do need a bit of support to, to make that happen, whether it's the people development stuff. And I th- I'm really encouraged by the way that's going. I like the competency framework that we worked on with Daniel and, and others in that people work stream that Mark's been running. I, I like the way that's going and the direction of that. I think it's really positive. There are things we should be doing as, as more of a shared service. I think most most of us would agree that that there are things we could do better we could have better standardized systems it's hard for us to make the case for it, it? and we know the complexities and challenges in delivering it in terms of the so i think i think in that i, I kind of like the direction we're trying to go in because i do think it's trying to take the feedback we've given and build that mm-hmm. time scale wise i, I do I, the energy points a tough one you know time it feels difficult because of that point we've just been discussing around energy. Although my only reflection on that is, I think we've got some early visibility of this and generally my experience is national initiatives don't quite happen quite as quickly as they pertain that they will do. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm trying to think of one that's actually delivered to the time scale it originally said without slipping by a year or two, possibly even longer, being the skeptic. So, so we possibly got more time than we think, there is in in the guidance itself, but that doesn't mean we can be complacent on the rules. And I, I think that's hard because, and I think there'll be some. My last comment was I think there'll be some strange curveballs at us. You know, when when the stand up of NHS has to recover all of those waiting lists that have been put to one side, and that reality really hits. I think some attention will get turned to those things, and this might fall down the priority list a little bit before coming back on the radar again. But I don't think this agenda is going away.
2: Mm-hmm. And nor should it, to be honest. I agree with you, Keith. I completely agree that I don't agree with some parts of both papers as, as we know, yeah. but the principles of it sit with my principles of collaboration, engagement, working, because well, sounds really cheesy, better together. Um, but they're all it's kind of the spirit of healthcare in the chest and what we're here to do. and we're here for the patients and the public. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking because it's starting to sound really cheesy. <laughs> no,
0: you're okay. No, does, does anybody want? Does anybody want to add to the cheese quota? Or shall <laughs> I? I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to um, hurtle towards the finale, and I am going to ask you to put a score on this. And the reason why is because. Obviously we did it last time. And it's, 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 it's something for people to talk about on our social media accounts, aren't they? Who, who's the hardest to please? Who's the easiest? <laughs> um, so- well, we know Clara's so score
4: things. then already. She's already got five in mind, haven't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Clara starts at minus five and then takes it from there. <laughs> That's what I've heard anyway. Clara, is it true that you got called the Craig Revel Horwood? <laughs> Of the HSA panel on on our Twitter last month. Yeah. Time. yeah. It was it? it was I quite, it. quite liked it. To be honest, I've it's a compliment.
4: You've <laughs> embraced it. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's why right. they call me Craig. Did, <laughs> you dress you, up in glitter as well, and then dance, and are you good on a ballroom? And, and does right. it? Although do do is your foot time? holding your back?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at the moment.
2: <laughs> not no, not the foot. No, I'm injured. I'm all our, our next.
0: Panel discussion would be solely in close for the state of. Clinton. Oh my! <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Points, at, <laughs> marks out of ten. Um, so, Clara, Craig, whatever you want to be known as. I you ask me first. Um, I'm going to
2: ask
0: Dan. I very uh, the absolute chivalry of Dan Tagg in stepping in to give you more time to think. About I'll go
3: that. first. Dan, I'm, I'm going to so, I'm, I'm throw this one out there. Dan and... Dan. I'm going to score this an eight.
2: Oh, wow. wow. Now, the
3: reason yeah, go on.
0: Absolutely.
3: The reason it's for eight is because I don't want to score it lower because it will take away from all the great work everyone has done to, which mm-hmm. is already recommended in here. Yeah. So it's an eight yeah, because uh, it, it, it really emphasizes point. everything yeah. that we've all achieved, either yeah. as individual entities, collaborative entities, all of that is all in here, and it's about just taking that forward and engaging in in a different manner to make it well to change it into something that's a bit well class. I use that now. I'm going to use that today. There you go, throwing that one out there. Nice. So that that's
0: why I'm going to score it an eight. So it's sort of crystallised what's been achieved so far or the path that you're on for you. <laughs> yes. Somewhat. And it's taken it's yeah. taken you further
3: down that path and on that strategic roadmap to the future, but as a bigger entity so the, the, the goal is the goal is really great but we're all going to get there at different times and okay. we do, we really should achieve that and that's why it's an eight okay richard i, I saw you nodding
0: at the eight i don't know <laughs> if that was in agreement or yeah I in gonna, shock
1: no no no, no, no. <laughs> I, I was going to give it an eight anyway um i gave the um <laughs> green paper a seven the reason i've given this an extra mark is there's more detail in it so at least mm-hmm. it Whereas the Green Paper was just, you know, lots of aspirations and they're planning on this and planning on that. What I like about this document is it does give us a pretty clear framework in which to develop the ICS. So, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so a a
4: good, a solid eight from me. Keith. I feel like I have to disagree, but I can't. I, 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 I am. I was an eight. I might even stretch to a nine if, if it was a little bit pressed. I think because it's our expertise. The, the, what you can't do is go beyond that because there's still so much detail to go. And, you know, if I was to talk about time, journey and energy, yeah. you'd have to give it a lower score, wouldn't you? Cause, yes. Because of that. But, yeah, I, an eight. I can't see a different score, f- personally. Okay. I can only imagine the
0: pressure... <laughs> Clara is feeling right now. been under
2: pressure <laughs> <laughs> after
0: getting a a uh, trinity of eights hurtling your way. I can only imagine the pressure yeah. as you slowly felt the urge to rise, raise your score.
2: <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: let's, let's, let's see how bold Clara is today. Render uh, uh,
2: speechless. Um. um I'm going to go, okay, let's own this. I'm going to go 7.5. And I, <laughs> because, only because, I think it needs a bit more detail and sort of aspirational, innovative um, focus to the ICS because we're all doing that great work, as Dan said, and I love the idea of the ICS. I kind of embrace it here at RBFT I'm about collaboration, about you know the system and the pathway for the patient as a whole. But there are other things that
0: could have been included. And I, for someone like me, I think 7.5 is quite a good score. I would say because so. You do half round are, we,
2: half? are we allowed to well,
0: half points? Well, I'll let you have it to, today, just because I don't want to spoil the general uh, positivity that we're going out on.
4: Mike Revel Hallwood might be upset because doesn't, he doesn't have 7.5 on his scoreboard because he has to have whole numbers then. I think, uh, I
0: think we're going the Olympic <laughs> diving route. Aren't we with the point five? No, I'll, I'll <laughs> give Craig the call.
2: He might be able to do so. He'll probably do seven point five next time he's
0: on the show. I tell you what. I just I don't think anyone's going to be calling you Craig this week when the podcast goes out. I think you'd be safe from that, Clara. I think he might be back to Clara next next time. <laughs>
2: Well,
4: well I mean, I mean, there's some good points in what Clara I We mean, know we're joking, but there's some really good yeah, points yeah. in that score because yeah. Clara said, you know, we all have a good intent to collaborate, but it, mm. you know, culturally, I'm not sure we always get it right. We, you know, yeah. collaborative hubs trying to work in that, that space with the mm. local and regional teams. There has been tension, it hasn't always delivered, it hasn't worked. You know, sometimes intertrust hasn't always worked, and there's tension there as well. So, you know, I think some of the things we don't talk about enough probably are that, that cultural behavioral model, you know the guys on the call today are talking about it because they do that, but it doesn't mean everybody does it. And those are some of the things I think we do have to change if we're to deliver this. Culturally, how do we how do we actually see ourselves as working together? Um, but right across that system, whether you're acute trust, mental health trust, or you're a collaborative organisation, actually we need to say we're going to come together and work together rather than some of the behaviours I think we see at times, which is, is maybe not so supportive of that.
0: Mm. Yeah Great, well, I think that's a, I think that's a good point to, to finish on, Keith, so it just really leaves me to thank everyone for finding the time again to do this. It's been really good. Um, Richard, Dan, Craig and Keith. <laughs> thank you again for finding the time as we've said you know I mean, we've spent a large part at the end of that podcast which feels really important talking about your energy but but you know i've it's good that you still have the energy to you know uh, you know contribute so forcefully in this podcast that's really good and i think there's been a lot of interesting stuff there um i think you know what i think it's important as well from my point of view i think everyone's speaking freely which is a good thing as well. You know, I think everyone's getting their views out. I think it's overall, I think it's naturally been a kind of balanced response to this report, I think it would be fair to say. Um, So so thank you and thank you for finding the time to do this again. That concludes this panel session. It's our second one. I'm sure we'll be back to do another one before too long. I hope you enjoyed
2: listening and join us on the next episode of Supplycast.